sometimes I feel guilty that some of the items in my closet have only been worn like once. But I also sometimes feel like I open my closet and have nothing to wear. Armoire can help with all of that because Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. You can rent high quality designer clothing for every occasion and then send it back. Whether you're planning for your outfit for a date night or packing for a conference or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best dressed person in the room. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items for your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in little as two days and then you're ready for new clothes. Just swap them out for new to you styles. I cannot wait to try my first box. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash mess. That is armoire.style slash mess, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash mess to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Christian Parenting. All right, guys, I'm so excited. Before we get to the podcast, we have Monica Swanson with us today, and she is going to chat with us for just a second before we kick it off. Hey, girl, how are you? Aloha. I'm great. Thank you. Okay. Now, let's just stop right there with aloha. (laughs) Not only is is it hard enough for me to hear that you live in Hawaii, and I'm in Dallas and, you know, in a horrible time of year to be in Dallas. But second of all, I don't know where I saw it, if it was on your Instagram or somewhere, but I saw pictures of the view outside your door. Mm. I, I have no words. Oh, thank you. It's not a bad place to be in lockdown, which I feel like I've been for months on end. So yes, it's, totally. that's the blessing of it. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm glad you're here. And everyone, Monica is a part of our new Christian Parenting Podcast Network. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. We're so glad to have you on it. And so what I like to do is just chat for just a second and let you say a little bit about yourself. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, but I want people to know who you are so that they can check out your podcast. So we'll start with this though. What's messy in your life? I like to talk messes because that's how I live. What's messy in your life? What isn't messy in my life right now? (laughs) My goodness. I currently have a home of seven people living here, most of which are close to or legal adults because my college boys are home. We've got a girl living with us, a good family friend from California. So we have a full house and I would say the pantry's a mess. Uh, The the kitchens, we're working together, teamwork, but it's a lot of people in yeah. our home. And fortunately, my two boys get to go back to college um, this weekend as we, we record. So we'll lighten our load a little bit and our grocery bill. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, that is a lot of mess. So I'll just wait to ask if I can come visit for another few months. Yeah. yeah okay. I think you want to. Got it. Okay. Number two, tell us about your podcast real quick, the name of it and what it's about. You bet. I am the host of the Boy Mom Podcast which was birthed out of my book, Boy Mom, which was released just over a year ago. And I love to talk about everything related to raising boys. So really, I want to offer encouragement and support and some humor, um, practical stuff for all the moms out there trying to figure out those boys of all ages and love to have interviews, love to offer encouragement and some fun along the way. So fun. All right. So we all need to check that out. Boy Mom podcast and all the usual places. Okay, then my third question. I always say I'm kind of like a Baptist preacher. All I do is speak in threes. When I teach, I speak in threes. I always have three points. So here's my third question, Monica. Got it. You are speaking at an event that I'm speaking at, that perfectly imperfect digital event for Christian parenting. 
Yes. So excited. So excited to do it. And so what are you speaking on? Do you know yet? Well, it might surprise you or it might not, but I'm going to speak on raising boys. <laughs> Way to stay in your lane. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think I've got three points in my message. So you and I would get along great. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So we'll get a little taste of it that weekend. So it's October 23rd and 24th. Which happens to be my birthday weekend. Oh, fun. All right. October 23rd. October 23rd. I'm October 30th birthday. So there you go. All right, everyone. So check out Monica's podcast. We're so thrilled to have you on the podcast network. Boy moms, this is the one for you guys that are raising Mm -hmm. boys. I'm raising a few in this house as well. And then if you haven't signed up for the Perfectly Imperfect digital event, you can do that. Jump on christianparenting.org and you can get all the information. Woohoo. Thanks for being here with us. Thanks so much. Glad to have you in the network and looking forward to hearing a lot about boys. So I'll I'll be checking it out soon. Awesome. Aloha. This is Cynthia Yanoff, and you're listening to Pardon the Mess. Each week, we have honest discussions about the ups and downs of parenting and the lessons God is teaching us along the way. It's real, it's fun, and it's biblical. Life is messy. Don't walk the parenting road alone. Welcome back to Pardon the Mess. I am glad you're with us today. If I haven't said this recently, can I just stop right now and thank you for always joining us and being here. I'm just overwhelmed by the number of people that download this podcast and the number of people that email me or text me and just reach out or I run into you and just the people that tell me they've listened to this podcast and that they're encouraged. That encourages me because we're walking this parenting road together. So I'm just grateful for you. It is not lost on me that you take an hour each week to listen to our podcast or to pray with us for your kids, whatever that may be. And so I just want you to know that this is very well prayed over and that when we have guests on, I pray with our guests, but we want these words to not just be something else that you have in your life that fills space, but just a word from the Lord that he will speak through us and that he will just directly impact your families. So that's what I'm hoping for. And that's what I'm praying for. But thank you for being here. And today you're going to hear from Levi Lesko. And he's a really cool guy. I had him on a couple years ago, maybe a year ago, he and his wife both were on and they talked about the tragic loss of their young daughter and working through the grief. And today he's back to talk about his new book, Take Back Your Life, a 40 day interactive journey to thinking right so you can live right. And we just talk about how the idols in our lives can bring us anxiety. They almost always bring us anxiety because we're letting something else try to sustain us where Jesus belongs. And so it's a good practical conversation about that. He talks about his struggle with performance, which I also have to be careful with or I struggle with. And then at the end, he's just authentic and vulnerable about how he so often feels like a failure as a dad and working through that. And I think it's something that we all struggle with. So you're going to enjoy this chance to hear from Levi. I'm glad you're here. Okay, Levi, welcome to Pardon the Mess. Thanks for coming back. I should make things messier, then we can pardon it. Seriously, for sure. Um, Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad you're here. And listen, you don't need to make it too messy. I'm just going to start off. We're going to keep it real. This is for the behind the scenes for anyone who is ever curious how things roll around here. I don't know if you remember, but I podcasted you and your wife maybe like a year ago or something and was so excited. We talked about a lot of great things. But as we started off, I prayed with y'all 
and proceeded to call you the wrong name as I was praying over and over. I called you Luke like four times and even stopped praying. I was going to say got off the phone, but I wasn't on the phone with the Lord. I stopped praying and I said something like, all right, Luke, are you ready? And your precious wife was like, um, just FYI, his name is Levi. And I was like, of course it is. And the only reason I screwed it up because I know who you are is because I had just interviewed Luke Lazan, I think the day before. But anyway, I just want you to know that was one of my more horrifying podcasting Love moments. So- that. As someone who has a really hard time with names, I felt like I was completely at home. <laughs> okay, well, I'm showing you my notepad via Zoom. Look at the very top of it. It has your name written huge because now you you can't miss it. Yes. I have your name written huge at the top of my notepad because I have a total mental block with wanting to call you Luke. So if I do, we're going to act like it didn't happen twice. Okay. I love that so much. It makes me so happy. (laughs) Thanks for being here. I'm excited to chat with you again. How's it going over on your end? We're doing good. It's the last traces of summer. You know, September is kind of like this. It can be the secret month of summer. And so we're excited about that. And, uh, Enjoying all the outdoor activities with the kids fishing and paddleboarding, camping, and life in Montana is fantastic. Of course it is. I'm in Texas, and I'm a little bitter talking about your life in Montana, so I'm going to keep going past that because I'm sitting in you know the depths of Hades right now in the heat of Texas. But I do recall hearing or reading or seeing somewhere, and if you don't want to talk about this, I'm good with it too, but did you have a little 4th of July incident? Oh, yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, yeah, I shot a <laughs> firework into my left eye. On accident, it was a big cake of mortar rounds that were going off, and one it misfired, and one shot out sideways, and a mortar round hit me right in the eye. So that was oh. lovely. Oh, and so did, you got a hospital trip out of that, I guess? I got my ER uh, card punched, which we're going on, man, what is it this summer? We've been in the urgent care or the ER uh, five times since the pandemic started, so it has been active. And, uh, yeah, so that one, I've been to the ophthalmologist maybe eight, nine times. Uh, Mm -hmm. my vision is still not quite back exactly. My eyes a little bit having a hard time focusing Mm -hmm. because of the damage that the firework did. But fortunately I I didn't lose my vision. So I'm so glad for that. Yeah. Well, I, I read that and I was thinking like, yeah, 2020, of course that happened because I too, and people listen to our podcast know this. I too have had your kind of pandemic when you were saying how many times y'all been to an urgent care ER. We did the same thing. We've had everything from, um, I had emergency surgery that included also an ambulance ride. My little, my youngest, my preschooler emergency surgery and a cast. My husband doesn't matter. Fire truck came stuck in a tree. Not worth discussing at this point. Okay. Levi, just trust me. Not good. We had, um, I could go on and on, but I, when I, when I heard that about you, I was like, I wonder if he's thinking what I am. Like, okay, well, this is the year. We've never made our deductible before, but by golly, this is the year. We're going to do it all. It's the time to happen. Yeah, I I, I would lose my vision on 2020. We all thought this was going to be <laughs> a great vision, but not me. So That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you're doing okay, and we're glad you're here. And you have a new book out that we're going to chat about. And it's t- it's t- you're talking about taking back your life. And you have a, it's a 40-day interactive journey to thinking right so you can live right. And I was reading through the book today. It's such a cool design too, but taking back your life. And I just wanted to start about as basic as it gets and say, what are we taking our life back from? Yeah, I guess that's that's the question, isn't it? Well, I think that's really personal. It's For every different person, it's going to be a different thing. But the reality is it is so much easier to lose yourself than you could think. And that's why Jesus warned us, 
about how easy it is to gain the world and lose your soul. And of course, you know, growing up as a good church kid, we knew that verse and it was always used to warn us against, you know, secularism or tobacco or girls or whatever, like, hey, don't want to lose your soul. And I think I always kind of thought of that in terms of like, go to hell, you know, forfeit your soul to the fires of, of hell. But, but the more I've studied it and more I've looked into it and the more I've even go, gone to understand the Greek word itself, it, it doesn't mean necessarily – it can, of course, mean that. But, but it also can mean just losing track of yourself, losing control of yourself. One person translated it, lose your very self. So there's a unique version of you and me that I think Jesus sees us as potentially becoming, that healed, healthy, whole, forgiven playful, childlike, but not childish version of ourselves that we could be when we're at our best. And it's easy than it's easier than you would think to lose track of and lose the ability to be that person. And then we end up becoming small, toxic, selfish, petty, you know, whatever that we become. And so then, so then you go, okay, well, how do you do that? Well, now go back to the first part. It's possible to gain the whole world and lose track of yourself. So what are you getting? I think what he's saying is you're trading an idol for God. And when you do that, our connection to God is what positions us to become who we're supposed to become. So any idol or any counterfeit God or anything our soul adores more than God is going to cause us to move away from our best version of ourselves. And I don't think it just can be the world of money. It could also be the world of sports. It could be the world of fashion. It could be any, any world that becomes what our world revolves around instead of the sun is going to then set itself up as a God in our heart. And so that's kind of what I'm trying to hopefully help us all to see that we can um, lose track of ourselves really easily. Yeah. Yeah. And I heard you talk about this and it it kind of struck a chord with me because it might be an area. It is an area that I struggle with too, but you talked a lot about kind of becoming a slave to productivity in your life. And one of the things maybe that you've lost yourself to historically or that you fight against. And it was interesting because I don't remember where I heard this. Maybe I was listening to you with Bob Goff, but talking about how the impact of what some kids had said or how they treated you in like junior high or high school, how you found yourself fighting against that even through adulthood. And I was thinking through that because for me, it's people pleaser too uh, that goes with my productivity. I, I have both uh, the yin and the yang of one of people pleasing and I want productivity. But I told someone recently, my husband, I think I was said, you know, I've realized now in my late 40s, how many things I've done through the years of my life in an effort to try to counteract something someone else said about me, like not intentionally, like, but just like, why did I go to law school? Well, I don't, I, I'm not saying I wasn't meant to be there. That's where I met my husband. But I remember someone saying I wasn't smart enough to do certain things. Why did I want to live in this neighborhood? I remember someone saying that only successful, pe- you know, you can just look back. And I just wondered hearing you say that, if you would just speak into that, because I think that's an area we kind of all tend to lose ourselves to. Absolutely. Well, I, I relate to that because of what you mentioned that I faced in life. I think we all, it's a miracle that any of us survived middle school, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a, such a hard time, um, you know, going through puberty, dealing with, you know, who am I figuring out, you know, what what I actually believe about God and the world, making decisions about uh, drugs and trying to make friendships. It's all so much, you know, and I can't even imagine now kids are having to do all of that with the pressures of social media 
and all of that, that is just even a whole different level from, you know, the, the early nineties when I was going through that. So, uh, my, my, the bullying I faced, all of that, it, it, it caused me to want to compensate. And because of my three on the Enneagram, I tend to uh, value my worth based on what I accomplish. And when you add a wound to that, when you add a, I'm not enough, or these people don't like me, what tends to happen is I, I not only mistakenly equate my productivity with my value, but I also tend to want to um, seek to impress uh, whoever's watching or not watching around me or not around me and, and prove that I exist to them and, and therefore want to take that value. But what again happens is, and I'm convinced of this, any idolatry inevitably will lead to anxiety because what we look to to give us our identity then has to sustain the weight of our soul. But people, productivity, uh, performance, none of those counterfeit gods can actually give me my meaning my, that I'm craving that I actually have in Christ. So inevitably what you end up with is this anxiety because what I'm hanging my soul on can't support me. So all of a sudden I'm floundering. And, and so that's, that's one of the things for me that I'm constantly needing to take my life back from. As, as, as recently as this morning, after I had my devotions, I found myself, even after a quiet time, kind of in that state churning, my soul wasn't resting. And so it's just having to once again, like anchor, like, no, my peace comes from God. And I serve today out of that peace, not, not looking for peace. Mm-hmm. I think we can all relate to that. And so I, I try to think back as, as a parenting podcast, and we talk mo- so much about parenting, it makes me think, were there ways that you think someone could have spoken truth into you that would have helped you kind of avoid some of the path that you took. And, and in my own life, I'll speak for myself, not for you. Uh, the path wasn't all bad. A lot of the the need to people please and or productivity does lead to a productive life. And God, I, we both believe firmly can use all of these instances to, for his, for his glory and our good. But it, as you're raising kids, does it make you, it makes me want to stop and be like, you guys, whatever people have said to you or whatever you're feeling like, don't let that dictate how you live your days, living for God's best. Yeah, no, I think so. And I, I mean, I, I had great parents, have great parents, have great relationships with them and respect them so much. But one of the things that I think is easy to do is praising your kids when they do something great. And and and, and that's accomplishment, which kind of tends to, because, you know, as leaders, you have to be careful, not just what you correct, but also what you praise, because those under you will want to repeat whatever they did that got the praise. So I, I think it's, 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 it's fabulous to applaud your child for doing great ballet or gymnastics or whatever comes naturally to them. But of course, you know, lots of studies have shown that when you praise, you know, things that they do that are difficult, not just things that come naturally, you know, the, hey, that's, that's the funny kid. You come on here at Wheel Party. Come on here and do that funny thing. Like that's, that comes naturally to them. But praising character, praising effort, praising something that that, that that doesn't come naturally to them, but you saw they tried at, they worked hard at. And I think also just letting them know, like, you know, your your worth doesn't come from your accomplishments. None of that changes, of course, how, how, how important you are. That's great that you did that. That should be something you do because you love God and love the thing or whatever, or feel called to it, but not in any way to earn your standing in this family or in this universe. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good word for us with our kids. And, and I think also for ourselves and our kids is 
being able to find God in the failures. And, and I say failures almost in air quotes because it's not always a failure when, when it looks in earthly terms like it is. I mean, very often God uses those very hard places, those perceived failures in the biggest of ways for his kingdom. But being able to find God in those for our kids, I think is so critical. But even in our own lives, and I think you talk a lot about that, about how, how in the imperfection that we live, how God's in the middle of that. Yeah, I mean, exactly like your podcast, Pardon the Mess. I mean, I think one of the things I talk about in Take Back Your Life early on is WD-40. You know, and the, the devotional is based around 40 days. So I hope people will not just do it for a week or here or there, but to go through, you know, it's amazing how much repetition really can put new grooves into your brain, you know. And WD-40, which in addition to being the same length as the book devotional, also is named after the 40 attempts Norm Larson, the chemist who invented it, took to get it successfully to displace water, which, which, which is how you prevent corrosion. And it literally stands for water displacement formula, the 40th attempt perfected. So every, t- every garage in America has WD-40 in it. Every man and woman in the world who wants to get you know, the squeak out of a hinge knows to grab the WD-40. But WD-40 is only successful because of 39 failures. So I think had had it been me or you, it would have been easy to give up on 25th attempt or 29th attempt. But this guy went on and pre- pressed on until he got to 40. So yes, let's find the the, the God you know sized you know accomplishment in every failure that doesn't cause someone to quit but keeps moving forward. And so you also had a quote I was reading in the book that I thought was so good. And and I think all of us who have lived some hard days, which is most of us, if we've been on this earth very long. But you said pain is a microphone. And one, I'd love for you to explain that, what you meant by that. But also, would you mind just sharing a little bit about losing a child and how God worked? We Again, we podcasted you and your wife both, and just beautiful, beautiful, you you both speaking into this. But talk to us a little bit about what, what pain as a microphone means and how that's looked in your life, especially with parenting loss. Yeah, it's great. Well, after I finish this interview, before I do another one, I'm going to call up a father who uh, just recently lost a child and a friend of a friend of mine uh, reached out to me, let me know about it, that he had read my book and was encouraged by it. The first book I wrote, Up to the Eyes of a Lion, and I said immediately, he'd send me his number. I want to give him a call and just encourage him. And here's the thing: never in my life would I have been, in my mind, the person to call up someone who lost a child. You know, and I don't feel like I have the answers today. Well, I'm going to hopefully listen and, and not give it any. You know, I don't have any magic advice to give him other than just to listen and care. But, but why would a I have in my heart to call that man. B, why would he want to listen and take my call? The answer is because of the microphone I have called pain. And the microphone got turned on through the worst day of my life. Now, I could choose to look at that any number of ways. But how I see it is I see it through the lens of Joseph. Joseph was was forgotten about, betrayed, lied, uh, presumed to be dead by his father, uh, betrayed by Potiphar's wife, and then forgotten about by the two men who he helped in prison. So then he gets out of it and has no spirit of victim, no spirit of, of treachery and says, God sent me in here to save many lives because he believed all of his discomfort was a microphone that he was being given to have a louder voice of influence. And it took time to get that set up. So if I believe in a sovereign God, the day my daughter died, there was a lot of forces at play, death, sin, the devil, but ultimately God is sovereign over it all. And he allowed what the enemy meant for evil to accomplish good. And some good of it, I have to believe, is that I then become more capable and able and useful in his hand as a tool 
whatever that looks like. I don't have any you know, delusions of grandeur or, oh, well, I'm going to be used at this level. I just have to say small, large, I'm up for whatever. If you want to take my pain and redeem it, I want to see that happen. And I believe that not only does that help the other person, so like this guy I hope I get to encourage in a minute, but you know what I really think? I think it's going to help me because every time I've been able to be used to, to as a conduit to flow out God's grace and his mercy, every time I walk away better for it. So I, that's kind of a small measure of what I, what the theology I have of the microphone called pain. Mm, 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 mm. And Joseph, it's so timely that you mentioned that because I've been studying Joseph. And in fact, we're doing a podcast uh, through the life of Joseph. And, and one thing I think that's worth noting about Joseph's life that I think will speak to all of us is that it specifically says that God showed success on everything he did. He had God's favor. And, and reading that, I tend to be like, oof, if that's God's favor, I like favor, right? When it looks like job opportunities or success for my family, I like favor that looks a little different. But then you go through his life and you see where he's sold into slavery and uh, falsely accused of, of uh, an affair with Potiphar's uh, wife. And you can go through all these places that are really hard, famine even, but, and then say, okay, if we're told that God's hand was on him, he had God's favor, then what do we learn about God? in our own lives. And I think that what you're saying is just such a testament to that is just that his ways are not our ways. And so when we're in the middle of these things, like just like you would never choose the loss of a child, nobody would, but all these hard places, just being encouraged that God's going to see God (laughs) in his eternal perspective, he sees the other side of it and God willing this side of heaven, we see it, but if not on the other. And so there's just so much in there. I think part of it, when you say it like that, that's a great insight, by the way. Um, you go, man, with, with, with friends like God, who needs enemies, right? It's like, right, right. This is what you do for the ones. And yet, there's a sweetness to it. And you're right. I mean, uh, the word favor, whenever it's used, like on, on like D- Daniel had a distinguishing spirit, favor of God on him. Mary, had God's favor resting on her. Every single one of them suffered greatly. Paul. Mm-hmm favored by God. God personally came down in the form of Jesus on the on the road and was there supervising Paul's salvation when he went blind. But what did he say to Ananias? He said, I want to send him to kings, Gentiles, and the nation of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So I, I happen to believe that, and I say this, I've said this for years, that suffering is not an, op- an obstacle to being used by God. It's an opportunity to be used like never before. But, but, but it's so sweet, though. It's a sweet mercy that God lets us suffer, honestly. And it sounds sick to say, but it's almost an incredible honor that you would ever get entrusted with pain. Because mm-hmm. not only does God come near to the brokenhearted, but like today, when I talk to this father, I, I've had it happen a hundred times. And obviously, I can't say it's going to happen again, but I, this is, I can't describe it. But I feel there's a nearness to my daughter, Linya, when I'm using that part of my story, when I'm using that part of our lives. And it's almost like a communion with heaven that is, is um, something I cherish. Mm. And so you say in this, in Take Back Your Life, you talk about embracing the struggle. And I think that's such a good word for all of us at any given time in our point in our life, any point in our life. But right now, here we are in 2020 in COVID and and. Uh, I think we're all very aware of the increased rates of pornography use, that there's a more abuse, there's more, you name it, it's going on right now. Divorce rates are up. And so if we're going to embrace the struggle, it sounds like when you talk about taking back your life, first, let's acknowledge where the struggle is, but then let's embrace it. And, and so what does that look like? Well, 
I was in the gym today, uh, not doing a great job. You know, I'm no Tim Tebow, but doing my best to keep a youthful appearance and be healthy. And every time I, I get to the weights, my temptation is to go to the same plate that I used last time. If I if it was four or five or whatever, but I know the only way to get the goals I want is to do the thing I hate, and that's to add more weight. And you can't get stronger without resistance. You can't get stronger without tearing. And so spiritually, it's no different. You know, many of us at the end of 2019, as we were getting to 2020, we were about to make our New Year's resolutions. We all had this great, you know, I joked about it earlier. It's great. Like, man, this is your vision. I'm going to see blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Here, here's God uh, saying, hey, you wanted, you wanted to grow. You wanted to be closer to me. You wanted to have more revelation. You want, here's the opportunity. Because you talk about uh, growth. Tell me how you can grow a garden without fertilizer. But what's fertilizer? It's crap getting thrown on, on, on dark places, you know? So I think all of us, we can either, you know, resent the difficulty or choose to believe that it is these circumstances in which we are meant to bloom. And like my wife says, like meant to flourish. So I, I say, bring on the crap and, and let's, let's, let's grow. Let's, let's see some water. Let's see some darkness because stuff will break out. You know, yes, you can either, you can go to unhealthy places like pornography, but then that's a counterfeit God that just will destroy you. You can go to, um, any other, you know, my, te- my go-to thing is like, I'm, I'm going low, I'm on Amazon. You know, I'm just like mindlessly, you know, and then I would get a whole pickup truck full of boxes to do something <laughs> down the road. But, yeah. but again, those the things don't satisfy, but God does. And I think that's the place we got to be content with the silence. We got to be content with the mess. Like today I was on my bike with no phone. It's my, my, my either I walk or bicycle with no phone just to clear my head, my daughter goes, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to go clean my soul up a little bit just to get out alone. That's kind of my prayer time. It's not clean and neat stanzas. It's just messy and it's got in your help. Sometimes there's maybe a little bit of, you know, just sadness, but it's just, I come back better every time. Yeah. You said something. I think I'm going to steal this as my own quote. Remind me to cut this out of the podcast later so I don't have to give you credit, but I'm kidding. I did read somewhere. You said something that a blessing at the wrong time becomes a burden. Not sure that that's necessarily in line with even what we're talking about right now, but I had to bring that up because that's a good word right there. Where'd that come from? Prodigal son, due season. The prodigal son was not wrong for wanting the inheritance. He was wrong for impatiently wanting it now. If he would have waited in the father's timing, he would have received what he actually wanted, but he wasn't ready for it. So the, the blessing out of season is a burden and it destroyed him and so I think for all of us, it's a parallel. There's things I want right now that God knows you can't handle that, homie. You've got to grow first. If you get, if I give you that, it's going to wreck you. So I think we have to not only like I believe that um, God not only knows what prayers to answer, He knows what when to answer what prayers. And so it's the due season. It's believing like that Hillsong song. I'm, I'm a seed. It's it's winter. Like there's going to come a harvest. Just Galatians six. Don't lose heart. Yeah, yeah. And so. If I could, if I give you one, let me give you one last word to speak into this new book and this 40 day interactive journey. Just give us encouragement on why it matters, why you challenge people to do it. I think these are days when it's easy. It's easier to do nothing than something. I even see that with my kids. Sometimes I have some high schoolers and, and sometimes they want to go out and do something. They're like, oh, getting dressed and actually making the effort has now become hard in 2020 for some reason. And so thinking through this 40 day journey, someone's listening. It's like, oh, I'm barely getting by. I'm barely managing. Tell us why it's important and why now's the time. I guess, you know, to quote the old Nike commercial yesterday, you said tomorrow and it's mm-hmm. today. Here it is. This is it. And, you know, 
if if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to keep getting what you always got. And if you're frustrated with where you are and lethargic, why not take action? And the, this book is a rally cry. I, I hope this book would be for people a wake up call to go, oh my gosh, I, I, no one's going to steward my soul but me. No one's no one's going to care about my health but me. I have to care. My pastor can't fix me. My wife can't fix me. My my best friend who's always you know sending me you version Bible verses can't fix me. I have to take my life back. And 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 so that's that's my hope and prayer. People would wake up and realize in a in a moment you're going to be standing at the end of your life, looking back on it all, wishing above all things you had grown closer to God and loved people better. And that's really at the essence what this book is about. There's a lot in there about emotional intelligence and self-management, a lot in there about grief, a lot in there about your relationship with Jesus, lots of verses and prayers and things that I think really will be good in your spirit. God knows all the Netflix rumbling around in your soul isn't helping you, but this stuff will. Yeah, yeah. That was a harsh word on Netflix, by the way, but we're going to let that go. We're all all working through it. (laughs) But at the same time, like you finish, like studies have correlated binging Netflix with depression. So be careful. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. And so as we wrap up, and I'm going to link your book and podcast notes so everybody can grab a copy of that. As we wrap up, I just wanted to ask you a parenting question back to parenting, because that's what we're about. What do you know now about parenting that maybe you didn't know pre COVID or just where's God been working in your parenting in the last several months? And, and what's your encouragement towards others that are they're walking this road with us? Yeah, gosh, oh, man, my counselor would have a lot to say about that if she was here, because that comes up so often. I feel like such a failure as a dad almost all the time. I guess I would just say like you hear it on airplane. Back when we used to fly around on airplanes, they would always say, put your oxygen mask on before you put it on uh, your child. And it seems like, wait, no, I need to take care of them first. It's like, yeah, well, you know, the better you're doing, the better they're going to be doing. If you're if you're unconscious on the floor, you can't help anybody. So you know, whatever you think you need to do for your kid, you need to be doing for yourself first. And we tend to tell our kids the same things we're not doing. We, we yell at them to be quiet. The irony of that, right? (laughs) So it's like, whatever your oxygen mask you want on your kid's mouth, put on yours. And the better you're doing the, the, they, they do what you do and hear what you say. So take your own advice. And I think you unintentionally encourage some people just by saying you feel like a failure and parenting so often. And, and just the reminder that I think we all walk that road of thinking we're just not getting it right, or we're not doing it well enough, or we're failing in some aspect, but the importance of giving ourselves grace as, as we're giving grace to our kids and others. Ugh, yeah, that's hard. I find myself at the tip of my tongue is I'm not enough. I'm not doing good enough. I'm not. And even when I try like in, in plan a day, it's like some little thing gets me sideways. And it's like, here we are having this great day. I'm like, why are you enjoying it? I planned this great day. It's like, uh, you know, like it's just so easy to fall into the trap of, you know, thinking I can curate a perfect outing or an evening or, you know, and even like you know, we try and do sunset walks. And it's like, well, then one wants to do the scooter. Well, if one has a scooter, one wants a bike. If one has a bike, one wants to ride the power wheels. It's like, but this was a walk. Now we have a power wheel. And this is a battery. I know I'm going to be carrying this back. And it's like, come on, let's just take a freaking walk. And then I'm like, wait, now I'm yelling at my kids about how we're going to have a great evening sunset walk. No one wants to come. Everyone's got a bad attitude. It started yeah. with me. So just more going with the flow, more shifting, throttling back on the expectations, embracing the mess. And, and, and that's, I think, where we all can thrive. Amen. Amen. And going back to Joseph, as we wrap this up, if we consider, and go back and read that in Genesis, everyone. Go back and read it. But if you consider Joseph's dad and, and his 
what Jacob had been up to and his shortcomings and how that bled into his parenting and all the things that went wrong early in Joseph's life that probably led to the slavery and the dissension among brothers. And yet God took him from the situations in and did this mighty thing and really set up the foundations of what Exodus would be in Moses and the Israelites being led in the promised land. I mean, he can do anything. We yeah, got it. You, you, you start with the polygamy and you go from there. And, yeah, yeah. But I so, mean, the reality is, though, I think, you know, a lot of people even go, well, hold on. Is the Bible encouraging that? It's like, no, of course not. The Bible records but doesn't approve of the actions taken by those involved. Right. In it. So you even look at that, you go, like, you, you see the difficulty of blended families. You see the difficulty of estranged, you know, stepmom and this dynamic and multiple Christmases. And it's like, that's why God shows, like, here, here's the plan. Not that this is shame for anybody who's got, you know, divorce in their story or all the rest. God's got grace for you too. But you see the difficulty that you're referencing, the rivalry, the this is my favorite, the, you know, the, that's not my, my, I get more attention from dad than you do. That sort of element, it just shows why God set things up a certain way. And you see the harmony that comes from, you know, following his plan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, be encouraged, everyone. Levi, I think we can be most encouraged about the fact I called you the right name, I think, the whole time. You called me Lucas once. Joking. No, you didn't. I'm just kidding. You did. You called me Levi every time. Awesome. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Love chatting with you. And everyone, again, it's in podcast notes, but take back your life. Levi Lesko, available and ready for everyone to grab a copy. 40 days on a great journey with Levi. All right. So thankful to have Levi with us today. Seems like every time that I do one of these interviews, there's this moment during it where I'm like, oh, I needed to hear that. I guess it's probably the Holy Spirit speaking into my life. I hope, though, that you're having those moments, too, as you listen. For me, that moment was when Levi talked about, are we being careful with what we're praising our kids for? Are we really thinking through that? And are we just praising them for their accomplishments or where they've worked hard at something versus just praising them for great character or for those places where they've been in a struggle, but they've struggled well. So that was something I needed to hear today and I need to think through in my parenting life. And so I hope that you're having those moments too, where the Lord's working in your parenting journey and you stop and think, ah, that was for me. I'm glad you were here today. A big thank you to Levi. Be sure and check out the podcast notes. If you don't receive our emails, will you go and sign up? It's pardonthemess.org and you will be sure and get everything that we send out. I know your days are busy. So as always, thank you for joining us as we pardon the mess. <music>